The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org. The voice of an awakening world. Move through blocks and fulfill your passion and purpose. This is Stop Stopping Yourself with your host, Vincent Jenna. Yes, hello everybody out there. So great to be back here this week. I cannot believe that we are in, we're in, we're in February love month. Now, I love love month, February, because Valentine's Day is uh, next week. Well, actually, it's more than, when is it? When I know it's the 14th, but when exactly is it? It is, um, in, in, well, in, in a week and a day, it, two weeks, two weeks from today. No, two weeks from Monday, two weeks from Monday. Okay, I've got my calendar up, I have to look at my calendar. But yeah, Valentine's Day, February. That, so that's the other part. January, boom, gone, lickety-split. Um, uh, why not, you know, uh, <laughs> just go away. It just goes by so fast, but that's okay. And now it's February, and we get to talk about uh, one of the most important topics, and that's love. Love, 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 love. Um, yeah, that's what this is all about. Why did we inspire creating love, love and, and Valentine's Day? And once again, it's to be able to focus on love. And it's because we have to constantly be reminded. Now, think about that for a moment. The most important aspect on the face of the earth, love. And then the second most important aspect is relationship. If you're going to have love, love of self, love in a relationship, love of somebody else, because it's a completely different experience and feeling, right? And meanwhile, it's the most prevalent um, uh, factor, prevalent, prevalent trait, prevalent commodity, but we are so mostly deprived of it individually. You do not see unconditional love on the earth. Very rarely do you see that. You see earthly love, but you don't see unconditional love. And because unconditional love has been so deprived amongst humans, we had to be inspired to create one day, one day, three out of 365 and a half days, only one day we get to create, to focus on love. Isn't that funny? Is that like unreal? That we would only take one day? It, it's like when Christmas time comes, you know, there's all this stuff. Let every day be Christmas. There's even a song oh, from an old, old Christmas music. There once was a Christmas that almost wasn't with Paul Winchell. I remember that when it opened up, I was a kid. 
little kid in Levittown. And Paul Winchell came to the Levittown Theater, yes, to, to open up the premiere of There Once Was a Christmas That Almost Wasn't, Almost Wasn't, Nearly Wasn't. And I always remember that. It was a real um, mean type of Christmas story that turned wonderful. And, um, and the main character in it winds up singing at the end. Why can't every day be Christmas? Why can't every day be gay? And so I asked, so why can't every day be Valentine's Day? So, yes, every day should be like Christmas with peace and love and joy. But every day should be Valentine's Day, because guess what? If we had Valentine's Day every day, there would be peace and love and joy like Christmas every day as well. But no, we have forgotten what that was. But once a year, we get to go out and and pick up a whole bunch of chocolates, chocolates. Um, And what I find really interesting is when it was first created, it was immediately romanticized. It was immediately romanticized. And then there was icon, an iconic figure, a cherub, Cupid, cherub, with a bow and arrow. Which, that gets me, a bow and arrow. All the things that we create. Because you see the concept of love and the idea, and if you listen to Adele songs, love can hurt. So you can be bitten, you can be shot with Cupid's arrow, the pang of love, and it tended to be geared to women, romance. I think that's why you see all those hearts out there as gifts. And what are they filled with? Chocolates. Because women love chocolate, which, by the way, is a scientific fact that when women are menstruating, there is a chemical that is secreted that actually is an ingredient in many chocolate formulas, which is one of the reasons why women crave chocolate either during their menstrual cycle or at any time if they're deficient in any specific hormones yes it is scientifically shown that women will crave chocolate that's why they like it so much and that's why the chocolate industry began to market it to women and now when you go out and you see all the cute little teddy bears and all the cute little cups filled with balloons and candies that wasn't just for children it went down to the children's age. Yes, all the little kids in school and and in kindergarten and elementary school fill out their little Valentine's cards and then they give it to each other, boys and girls. But most of the stuff has been marketed toward women. And men go out and they buy their women dozen roses or so. The flower industry sells more flowers and roses on Valentine's Day than any other time of the year. The biggest season for roses because rose is now identified with love and romance. And you don't see women giving men roses. You see men giving women roses. So I find it interesting how this, this holiday 
the season of Valentine, the day of Valentine, the month of love, February, seemed to be geared towards women, female gender, and and, and in the way it was started was basically for that day, the Feast of St. Valentine. It is a, <laughs> it was a Christian holiday. It actually was a Christian holiday. Um, and it was about St. Valentine, who basically, during the Roman Empire, uh, administered to some of the uh, the ill. Really, that's what St. Valentine, and then there was a Feast of St. Valentine that was created. And I guess because of his love, the heart shape outline the heart, right? Because of the love that comes from the heart. So it was still inspired as a means of love, compassion, but then it was all changed and directed towards romance. When in fact, it really needed to stay about love and it needed to stay for both genders, not just for the female, because both men and women need to experience and celebrate love. And in a relationship, it takes both men and women or two men or two women or nowadays to thems. Don't make a difference. It still takes a couple to make a relationship, a romantic relationship like that. In some countries, it was more than a couple. And back in our old days, it was more than a couple. But it's still been inspired within us to remind us of who we are, what we're made of, what we're supposed to be experiencing here, love. Love. Love and the ability to share that love, love and relationships. So Valentine's Day, again, like Christmas, winds up being one of those holidays or Thanksgiving. We've got the Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Valentine's Day that either make people feel very joyous because of all they have and all that they're grateful for and the relationship they're in, or very depressed because of what they don't have and the relationship they're not in, which I find really interesting. Three wonderful holidays, and yet they can go both ways for people out there. You'll see postings, oh, remember, remember on Thanksgiving all those things that you are so grateful for when others don't. Remember others who don't have anything to be grateful for, which I've been through that before. Oh, remember Christmas, that even though it's joyous and you may have wonderful children and you can give each other wonderful, beautiful gifts, there are those who have nothing, who have no family, who have nobody to celebrate with, which I already spoke on that too. They do have people to celebrate with. And Valentine's Day. Well, remember those who either lost their partner or are not in a relationship and they're alone and isolated. Yeah. Again, our holidays are not meant to bring up what people don't have. They are inspired 
to remember what you can have and what you can create, not to shove in your face and remind you of your shortcomings or what you don't have in your life so that you can feel bad. They're always about lifting you up and giving you hope. There is love in the world. And even if you're not involved in relationship now, you can be. You can attract a perfect relationship. Believe it or not. Yes, you can. You can attract a perfect relationship into your life. I do a whole workshop about that. We are magnets. As a matter of fact, I will tell you right now. I will tell you right now. And I will... My, no, I won't argue with you about it because this is where I'm right. There is, you have to make an extra effort to ward off attracting love in your life. It requires tremendous energy to keep a relationship at bay. Why? Because it is natural. Because it's what we're made of. What we're made of. It's like you can fight gravity, but you need a lot of force and power to go against gravity. Look what it takes to get a rocket ship to escape our Earth's atmosphere. Right, it takes all that that fuel and power to break away from the gravitational pull of the earth. That's how difficult it is. That's how difficult it is to escape the earth's gravitational pull. It takes the same amount of effort then to escape the attraction pull to a relationship. Now, if you don't believe me, we've got two forces guaranteeing us relationship. Believe it or not. Two, not just one. One is the internal need to share ourselves with somebody in companionship and not just in friendship, in a deeper companionship. And two, our sexual attraction. We have both an emotional and a sexual attraction. And you throw the third one, actually, a spiritual attraction. Body, mind, and spirit. We're body, mind, and spirit. So we know the physical attraction. I don't care whether your your orientation is into men, women, same sex, opposite sex, doesn't matter, group sex. You're still attracted. It pulls you. There's a force inside of you. You actually have to cut out your libido. You have to cut out the part of you out of your human brain. Now, there are some people, the outliers, that do have some 
defect in that part of their brain, but it's built in. It's a built-in mechanism. It's to guarantee the procreation and the continuation of human life. Without that draw, without that attraction, there would not be 8 billion people on the face of the earth today. We, we would have gone ex- extinct a long time ago. So that track attraction is a natural part of our existence as beings. And to keep us together is the emotional attraction. It's natural. It's, it's also part of the instinctiveness of humans. And it was sociologists and anthropologists and doctors and scientists feel that this was evolved into humans in order to assure parents staying together to raise children. You see, in the animal kingdom, it does not require both a mother and father to raise the animal children. As a matter of fact, some of the animals ward off the partner once the children are born. Because sometimes the, the, either the father will kill the children for food and eat them, right? Well, thank goodness we don't do that. We're actually the only species on this planet that has the emotional connection that we do purposely to assure because the human baby is the most vulnerable of all the animals in the animal kingdom. That's right. It requires much more attention than any other animal does. We don't have four legs. We don't nest on the ground. We don't have wings. Mama bird pushes the baby birds out of the nest literally very early on in the little bird's life so that the bird learns to fly. If not, it falls to the floor, either becomes food or dies. And in whatever nesting that any other animal has its young, it pushes, the mother pushes the infant or the child or the, the child, the, the, the cub, the baby animal out of the nest to go and walk around teaches it to hunt right away for food. That doesn't happen. We're lucky we can get our kids out of the house by 30. Right? And even then they want to keep coming back. So the love, the emotional part, if we're just talking physically, our physical existence requires attraction and relationship. Now, what does that have to do spiritually? Well, spiritually, we don't get to grow until we, yes, experience ourselves and second, experience ourselves with others and experience ourselves with others in the deepest way that we can. So it is a soulful requirement. So here you have all these natural things happening all these natural desires, and yet relationships fail constantly, continuously, left and right. The last I looked, 
and I don't even trust the, t- the statistics today at all. Like divorces, when I was going to school, which was, I graduated in 99, back in 1999, 56% of all marriages failed and ended. Somebody tried to tell me, oh, they're doing much better today. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. What I believe is that the numbers are so great and it's easier for people to get divorced that they're not even noting it anymore in any statistical manual. There's truly no way of counting how many people and how many relationships are breaking up. First of all, not as many people are getting married as they used to. So they're in a couple relationship, 10, 15, 20 years without being married and then break apart. And then that's not going to go down in any number. And then it's so easy these days to get a divorce that that's not going down in any number. Not necessarily. So I don't believe that the number is getting any bigger because if there was, there'd be more cooperation on the face of the earth. What you see in cooperation as a couple extends out into, again, the universe into the world, into your society. So whatever happens to you individually as a person, right? As a person, that extends out. Whatever you create for yourself in your personal life, that winds up extending out into your worldly life. You bring whatever you are, whoever you are, however you act, whatever you believe into your outer world and you manifest in your outer world. So now if you're a couple... Whatever you're manifesting as a couple, you're going to extend that into your outer world. And because I'm looking at the outer world and I'm not seeing as many people get along as there should be, then that lets me know that the couples aren't even working. There's not enough couples working, which means that there's not enough individuals working. That everybody, their individualness There's still pains. There's still nonsense going on with the individual. Okay. So relationship is primary. And one time a year, Valentine's Day, it's to remind us that it's primary. And it's primary to be shared with men and women alike. With children as well, of course. That goes without saying. But we need to pay more attention to what is love and what are we talking about that we're sharing? And and if there is so much love going around, why is it breaking up? How could you break up love, true love? If love is all powerful, how does it break up? Well, I will throw this at you. Because there's very little love on the face of the earth. I've said that over and over again. Whereas earthly love, what we've come to accept as love, what we come to accept as singers as Adele and everybody else. And the only reason why I keep bringing up Adele is because I know so many songs that she sings about how painful love is, that love is lost, that she lost love, she got love, she lost it again, whatever. There's plenty of artists singing all of those songs, the same type of songs, Love Hurts. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. There are very few artists, I don't even know of real songs anymore about true love. Well, actually, there is one. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to play it for you. It's an old song. And, and, and the person who wrote it 
kind of was had a lot of foresight and insight as to what love really was. But all the other songs about love and how we once had it and now we don't. And I'm in pain and love hurt so much and seeing you in love and me alone. Or we're both alone or I have love and you don't and yada yada boo boo, you know, so what big deal or I got you back. I don't care what the song is about love. It's not about unconditional love. And we've just come to accept that rather than really try to attract the right kind of love. And even understand what real love is, what real love is. There's a wonderful biblical verse on love. I'll share that too when we come back from the break. We've got a break in just a couple of minutes. And we'll talk about that so you understand what real love is and what not to accept less than. Don't accept anything less than real love and unconditional love and do everything you can to create it or to experience it, to wipe away or pull away or get rid of anything that gets in your way of truly experiencing unconditional love. Because when you do experience it, it's amazing. That doesn't mean it doesn't get covered and you walk around like you're stoned all day long. That's not true love. That's true love maybe more on the other side, but not here while you're dealing with some of the other negatives of life. Love sometimes gets covered, but it doesn't disappear and it doesn't break down. And most importantly, you never, ever lose it. It could be buried, but it has to be buried very early on. Like in your youth, when we're after we're born, yes, love gets buried. It gets buried with all the no's and the corrections and the you're not good enough and you didn't do the right thing and, and you disappointed me so much and I can't believe you did that. You're better than that. Why are you doing that? You'll never get good. You'll never be amount to anything. All that love gets buried with those messages. But once truly experienced as an adult, you know how to replicate it and keep it and keep going back to it. So your goal should be to experience true unconditional love of self and of a partner and settle for nothing less. And we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the people who think that they can be used to not being in a relationship and not experiencing that kind of love and think they've got it made. This is Vincent Jenna. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show. Yes, we're live. And I'll see you back here in just a few after the commercial break. Awaken to the divine within. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org. Welcome back to Stop Stopping Yourself with Vincent Jenna. 
Welcome back. If you are just joining us, I am giving an entire lecture about love and relationships and how natural it is and that you actually have to push it away and extend a lot of energy to stop the natural attraction of love and relationship. So go back and listen to the first part to get the full idea of what I was talking about. Uh, but yes, how do you push it away? How do you? Let's talk about that first before I go into the rest of it. How do you push love away? Well, you push it away by your inner core beliefs. You sabotage yourself. You stop yourself. You punish yourself. You do everything you can not to experience love or relationship for fear. The fear of that it hurts because when you were raised, when you grew up, and I'm not saying that this is for everyone, not everybody pushes love away, but why you may not be in a relationship now is for this reason. When you were younger, you were not nurtured into believing that you were magnificent, divine, and loving and lovable. The two most important things you learn growing up and from your parents is whether you're lovable and how to love yourself. If there was neglect of attention, if there was bad attention, if there was um, no attention at all, then that's exactly how you're going to treat yourself in regards to love and self-care and what you attract to yourself. So you may attract relationships that break apart and end because the inner part of you, the little kid inside of you is saying, you're not lovable, you're no good. And before you put the energy out into the universe to attract somebody, before that was released, because now you become a young adult and you say, I want a partner, I, may, I want a family, maybe you say that. I'm good enough. I deserve somebody who cares about me and treats me well. But before that energy is released, the little kid turns around and says, no, you're not. You're not good. You're not lovable. You don't deserve anything good. And even if you find somebody, it's going to end because you are not lovable. You don't deserve it. But you don't hear that part. Because the unconscious mind, the adult-made mind, and if you don't know what that is, go listen to my lecture on God, It's Not Working, or read my new book that will be coming out in June called The Secret That's Holding You Back. You're, the part of you that is saying you're not good enough is completely suppressed and repressed. You don't hear it. You don't know it. But all of a sudden you attract a relationship and in the beginning it seems to go well. Oh my gosh, this is wonderful. That's because you're in the courtship phase. And everybody does well in the courtship phase. Then all of a sudden the courtship phase fades away. And you're left with the real people and their own insecurities. And you start getting into arguments. And things start bothering you about your partner that didn't bother you before. Or idiosyncrasies come up to the surface and buttons are pushed from when you were a little kid because of what that person might say or do. And all of a sudden the relationship starts going sour, breaks apart and ends. And the inner child, the inner voice turns around and says, see, I told you, you're not good enough. You're not lovable. Or if it's going well, the inner voice will say, but this is wrong. He's going to hurt you. She's going to hurt you. You better end it. You better stop it. This is, this is not good. You're not lovable. You shouldn't be happy. And you will do something to mess it up. That's right. There is a scientific 
research shown that couples that have been together for a while and now they have to part because of either a new location because of a job or a change in schools or families moving away and the idea of the couple breaking apart becomes so painful that before they have to leave each other all of a sudden fights ensue maybe weeks or months before this separation is supposed to occur and now the two of them break up before they move out of anger and the reason why that happens is they literally sabotage the relationship because it is shown that it is less painful to leave somebody out of anger than it is to lose somebody because of a separation of some kind, like a death or a move. So they get into a fight. Anger is a defense mechanism. It's a secondary emotion. It shields you from the primary emotion, the, the pain that you may be feeling internally. So that's what winds up happening. So sabotaging does happen. It happens foolishly, but it does happen. It happens as a means of your protective mind to protect you. So you come up with these excuses. So yes, you will stop yourself from meeting your princess or knight in shining armor purposely because you don't think you deserve it or it'll save you some future pain. So being single is not about devoting your time towards work. I have no time. We come up with a million and one wonderful excuses why not to be in a relationship. But boy, oh boy, oh boy, there is a safety there, isn't there? Or you've been in a relationship. I love women do this. Men can't do this. Very few men can live without a companion. And when one is out the door, either through a divorce or through death, there's a, another companion waiting in the back door to come in. My stepfather-in-law was married five times. Only one of those women had originally divorced him. The others were dying and died, including my mother-in-law. But there were other brides set up before the funeral and the casket was even buried. That's how men do it. Women... Women, they turn around and say, no, no, I've had my partner. Now, for the most part, the reason why women do that either is because they've been divorced or they were married for a while and then the partner died early. And they don't want to deal with the work of a relationship again. They don't want to deal with any of the pains. They don't want to deal... With, they have the idea that, no, 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 I'm on my own. I'm used to being on my own. I don't have to think about anybody else. That's how you know they never experienced a good relationship to start with. If your mother is alive and your father died a long time ago and she's still single, right? it's because she never experienced a true, true love to begin with. Because if she did... She'd want to experience that again. It's like retiring from a job. 
Right? After you, you go, oh my gosh, I'm going to retire. I am retiring. Are you going to do any other? No, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just going to go on cruises. That's all. That means you didn't like your first job. It means that you don't want to go through the pains of going through something else again that you don't like. It has nothing to do with joy. Because if you had a joyful job, and let's say you wanted to retire to get the great package, you'd still find other work like that to continue to do because you enjoyed it so much. So if you were in a relationship that was wonderful and some way, somehow, that partner died before you and you're alone now, you'd be seeking to replicate it. It wouldn't be the same as the first one. This was wonderful, but I just love love. I love sharing. It'll be different. And your partner on the other side would want that. Now, <laughs> now there can be, and it's so funny because I did have a talk with my wife about this. Was it so interesting? I said, honey, if for some reason I die, I die tomorrow, would you remarry? I'd want you to remarry. I'd want you to be alone. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. I wouldn't remarry. I had the best. It was the greatest compliment. She said, I had the best. I, there wouldn't be anybody else that would be like you, and I wouldn't want to experience, nor do I need to experience anything different. Because the love that we have was real and is sustaining. You don't ever lose the love. Now, if that's the reason why you're alone, because you experienced incredible love that is sustaining and you've had that partnership, and you invested that much, and you've grown, all right, now maybe you can argue with me about it. But I doubt seriously there are that many people in the world to experience that kind of love. Both my wife and I happen to be fortunate. I feel the exact same way. But I doubt, because most of the time when I speak to women, they're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to have to worry about making dinner for somebody else. That's what I hear. No, 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 no. I don't want to have to worry about somebody else. I don't want to have to take care of somebody else. Oh, wow. What type of relationship did you have that it was such incredible hard work and that you're retiring from it? That's not what love is. That's not what love is. And remember earlier I talked to you about the song, the perfect song, I'm going to play that now. I'm sure you'll hear it. And um, it's so funny because they were way ahead of their times in some of the songs that they wrote. Both Paul, John, and even George. But this is one of my favorite songs, and it's a theme song from one of my workshops. And you'll recognize it right away. Thank you. 
Love is all you need. And it goes on. Go YouTube that and um, read the lyrics as well. Nothing can be done. Nothing can be broken. Nothing can be unsaved. Nothing can be love. Does it all. Love heals. Love fixes. Love mends. Love takes away the pain. Love does that. Right? That's all you need is love. That's why I love some of the words. I mean, in John Lennon and when he wrote Imagine, also, you know, so profound an understanding way ahead of his time, but a spiritual understanding, one that we should be thriving for. Is this all idealistic? No, and I don't want to hear that bull crap. You know, that's another word we created to cop out. Oh, that's idealistic, Vince, having that kind of love. We have to be real and settle for what we can get. Okay, good. You settle for the crap that's going on out there. I'm not. You go along with it. You continue to have horrible relationships. You're allowed, if you want. If I'm idealistic and I'm and my ways and beliefs are idealistic, so is spirituality then. And we should throw it away because it's not practical. But is it reasonable and practical to live in the world without love and in pain and hurting? Is that reasonable? Is it reasonable for a dope addict to stick a needle in his or her arm and shoot up? some dope to escape this world. Why do we look at that and we can say, oh, that is wrong, that's harmful. And yet, it's okay for us to continue to attract and get into these horrible relationships, relationship at a time, person at a time, abusiveness at a time, and say, well, that's okay, that's normal. It's not. Both are self-harming. Both are self-harming. Here's the way the Bible defines love in Corinthians chapter 13, paragraph 4 to 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. Now, I agree with most of that. However, there are some parts of it I don't necessarily agree with, and I, need, I think needs a little bit more clarification. It does not boast. Let me tell you something. I just finished telling you my wife and I are madly in love. I will tell anybody my wife and I are madly in love. I will share that. Just the same as I will turn around and I will say, I am happy today. I enjoy life because it will give somebody the opportunity, number one, to share that joy with me. Number two, to then ask me, well, how did you become so joyous and happy and so much in love? And I can tell them. So it's not about boasting. I am sharing. 
Boasting is more along the lines of, I'm in love and you're not. Ha, ha, ha. That's what that means. So don't think that you can't express the love you're feeling in your life with the world. You most certainly can and should. It doesn't dishonor others. That goes along with that concept of boasting. It's not self-seeking. I need to clarify that too. You must start with loving yourself. It always comes from loving yourself. So in that way, it's self-expressing. It's self-experiencing. But you need to experience with yourself first before you even get to share it with somebody else. Of course, it doesn't delight in evil. Of course, it doesn't um, anger easily. It keeps no records of wrongdoings. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always preserves. Love never fails. It also never goes away. And it never causes pain. You know, it's really interesting. Um, You have to be a hospice person, work with people who are dying to understand what I'm about to say. When you experience true love with somebody, the grief of losing them when they transition is less painful, not more. All the clients that I work with that are going through such horrible grief because they lost their parents. Horrible pain. And when we constantly talk about how abusive that parent was, and I keep asking, what about them are you grieving the loss of? And the answer to that question is, when it is that painful, it's because you're grieving Whether they loved you, you're grieving the loss of finding that out. Of them finally showing you and proving to you that they loved you. That's what you're grieving the loss of. But when you truly love somebody and they do die. Now, don't get me wrong. It's painful. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not. But when it breaks your life apart and you can't move forward, it goes deeper than the loss of love. Because love you continue to feel. And love allows you to feel the other person on the other side. Love gives you more of a chance of feeling the existence of the other person than not. And because of that, that feeling then you don't feel the same kind of loss. And that's even including children. I have many, many, many clients who come to me and tell me, I feel my child around me all the time. I know they're still alive. No, I stopped grieving the loss of them. I feel them. I smell them. I hear them even more now than I did when they were alive. And that's as they let go of that pain. Yes, the most painful feeling is losing a child. But a greater pain 
when you lose a child is the belief that you had something to do with the child's death, guilt as a parent, guilt that you weren't a good enough parent, that actually covers and causes more grief and hurt if we're going to talk about levels of hurt. And I don't mean to sound cold or cruel. I've worked with, I've not lost a child myself, that's for sure, nor do I want to experience it to see if my my theories are right. But I have worked with so many parents who have lost their children. And yes, they it, it still pains them. They wish they could have that physical time with them. However, I see the ones who believe, truly believe that they were a loving, doting parent and that they had a wonderful relationship with their child. I see that carrying them through their grief far greater than the ones that feel guilty in some way. So love is that strong. It even helps to cushion loss. It helps to keep you from completely feeling loss. And true love, if you read Conversations with God, book two, I love especially about relationship that Neil Donald Walsh wrote, he specifically talks in there, God talks about relationships. God talks about that, you know, when you marry somebody and you don't make promises, you don't need to make promises, You just trust in the love that the two of you share and that there could be a time that the two of you are growing in different directions and you both amicably agree to move on and go forward. We're going to experience something else. And true love actually allows you to do that. It makes you feel very secure. It's so funny, I constantly have to, you know, we we talk about to other parents because they complain about never, you know, that their kids will call them. There's there's a couple of reasons why children don't get in touch with their parents all the time. One, because that's the new generation. And they're, they're so involved in their own lives. Two, they don't want anything to do with you because every time they do get on the phone with you, then you make them feel like crap. Or three, they know they're so secure in your love that if they are caught up in their lives, it's okay. I know my parents still love me and they're there and I'm going to see them. And I don't have to worry about proving my worthiness to them as a child. Or you get the one who wants to call all the time because they do love. So think about that this Valentine's Day. This month we're going to be talking more about love more about defining what it really, really is, what the feeling is, what you need to experience, what you deserve to experience. And you have, there have been moments, I will say there have been moments, and maybe with some of you more moments than others. There are moments where you feel true love, and usually those moments of true, unconditional love, you can replicate them by thinking about them. Like when, if you have a child, And when that child was born and the first time you hold a child in your arms and you feel the warmth and the heart beating up against your body and your heart and you fill up with tears of joy, 
That's an experience of unconditional love. Now, when you see a child growing up, and, and it's so easy to use children as an example, but any time that you've experienced such overwhelming joy that it brought tears to your eyes, whether it's, it was a, a pride in your partner and what your partner is doing, or the joy that your partner is experiencing, and it brings you such joy that it wells you up, it tears come to your eye. That's when you've experienced true unconditional love. Because that's when you feel God. When you experience true unconditional love, you're feeling God at the exact same time. Because the two cannot be separated. It's a wonderful, unbelievable feeling. It is. It's magnificent. I've had the chance of feeling that so many times, so many times. And not just with my own personal experiences, but of course the experiences of my spouse, my children, my grandchildren, and of strangers, my friends, but of strangers. When I see and I watch a movie of somebody and the soldiers, you know what gets me teared up? When a soldier comes home from the military that they've been away and they surprise their child at school or their spouse, their partner, and they surprise them and the joy of their reunion, it just tears me up even now. That is what I love to experience because that's real love, that's God. I'm going to help you experience that. We're going to work on that this month. Come back and join me next week. I'm Vincent Jenner. This is the Stop Stopping Yourself show, and we are celebrating love this month. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.